Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Having a goddamn blast on tour with this big mouth and a small town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, 
Don't run and do that. Uh, so that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio. Join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there. JMScomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm your host, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I'm ignorant. I don't know anything, and that's why we're here. Thank you. We're here to learn questions to all our ignorant questions. Questions to all our questions? We're doing fine. As you can tell, I was not lying when I said I don't know anything. We're learning answers, hopefully, or just hearing people say stuff and going, wow, that's an interesting perspective, which is fine. It's important to know where people are coming from. You cannot understand them if you can't meet them where they're at. And I don't believe we can have progress if we can't meet each other where we're at, which is what this entire podcast is about. But especially this current little mini series I'm doing where I'm doing interviews with people of different political opinions. I think, you know, I don't agree with all of them, but it's important. And I hope that you enjoy this little chunk I've thrown together for that very reason. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. Please subscribe, rate, and review me on iTunes. It helps other people find the podcast and get answers to their ignorant questions. And frankly, look, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I like reading your reviews. It makes me feel nice to read nice things about me. And I really appreciate it. And there's some days where I really freaking need it. So thank you to everyone who's already left a review and who has subscribed and who continues to listen. I love you. You want to support the podcast a little bit more? I can always use more support. I can't tell you enough how much my patrons mean to me. Shout out to my best idiots forever, my two top, top, top tier patrons on Patreon, Jean and Kathy. Love you. Love all of my patrons. If you want to support the podcast more, for as little as a dollar a month, you can get clips of my stand-up, which have been pulled from everywhere. I am only putting my stand-up on Patreon from now on full-length episodes And uh, this one specifically has over an hour more content. So you want to hear the rest of the fucking story? And I bet you do, because this is an interesting chat. You got to join Patreon. Uh, There's bonus content. We do hangouts. I send postcards. It's fun. I'm putting all my energy into Patreon because I have nowhere else to put the energy. And for fuck's sake, it's so much energy. Come over there. Thank you to everyone who has been a Patreon. Patron? (laughs) A patron. Yes. For, uh, For as long as you have been. Thank you to my new patrons. And uh, I would love if you would consider 
me in your monthly little fees that you pay along with 800 other streaming services and God knows what. Uh, you want to support me in other ways, but also help yourself? Neurogum. Buy Neurogum using my link in the show notes. Getneuro.com slash JMS gets you 15% off and Neurogum will change your life. It gives you focused energy. It's got caffeine, but it also has L-theanine and B vitamins. So it's all natural and it's all good for you. And you'll be able to work on whatever cool project you're doing and maintain your focus, which as we all know in this world is a horrible nightmare to accomplish, but you can do it with Neurogum. I also have a code for Squatty Potty. You buy a Squatty Potty for 20% off using the code FILTHY20. I get a couple bucks. I get a couple pennies. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but I also love Squatty Potty. I love Squatty Potty. I've never pooped better in my life. And look, I know pooping is gross, but this makes it easier. You know, if, I don't know. Have you guys ever had a boyfriend go, hey, just so you know, I can hear you straining in there. Well, it's fucking embarrassing. And with Squatty Potty, you don't have to have that. Save yourself the embarrassment. Get a Squatty Potty. And if you're in Los Angeles, oh, come squatty potty with me. That's not, uh, why did I say that? That's disgusting. Come to the Comedy Store this Friday, November 6th, regardless of how the election goes, unless the Comedy Store gets burned to the ground uh, in a crazed, you know, rebel against the system. I will be there. 7 p.m. in the window. It's socially distanced. There are tables on the front patio. You can grab a drink with your friend, with your lover, with yourself. There's comedy shows by yourself are great for the fucking you're not worried about oh is this person I brought with me offended and if I laugh are they gonna think I'm a bad person you just come laugh and I'm doing a live podcast the first ever live version of this very podcast which I hope to take to other places live one day so come be a part of history with me at the comedy store and my beloved guest former guest of the show she's back Madison Shepard you know her you love her and if you don't know her what the fuck are you doing? Get to know her. Uh, it's going to be a really good time. I'm very excited about it. And um, by the way, speaking of making history, if you're not watching the Comedy Store on Showtime, please make sure to change that. It's There's literally a whole series about the Comedy Store on Showtime, about the past, about the present. And if you look real closely, you might see me somewhere loitering in the halls. And you can see my name on the wall painted there among the names of many other legends every episode so that's kind of fun and if you're a comedy nerd like myself i believe you will enjoy it but enough about me let's get to my guest john toll self-described blue dog democrat blue dog liberal grew up with hippie california parents and he is voting for trump i know you didn't want to hear it i didn't want to say it you know people are tense about this situation some people aren't happy about it and i get to the bottom of why what the hell is he doing what's his reasoning it's, a, it's an interesting chat. We, uh, we go a lot of places, and uh, it, it was interesting. And uh, I've known John for years. He was a door guy at the store. Nice guy. Uh, so it's, it's cool and interesting to chat with someone who, you know, I seem to get along with. He seems to be a decent guy. And if I go on social media, everyone would tell you anyone doing this is monstrous. So is he? Decide for yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all. Enjoy this episode, and if you want to hear the additional hour and really dig into this conversation, head over to patreon.com slash ignoranceisblessed, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can hear the rest of this episode and the rest of every episode. Enjoy. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed. I am here with hilarious comedian, 
talk, I mean, podcast host himself, uh, John Toll. Thank you for joining me. Um, no, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm excited about this because, well, I fucking, I haven't seen you in real life in years, I think. I mean, years, yeah. Probably, everything. I think I moved, I moved from Los Angeles in probably 2016 or 2017. Yeah. It's been a minute since I've been back. Where, wait, originally didn't you move to, was it Texas or Colorado? Am I, did I just make I've those been, up? I've been, no, no, no. I, I was, I've, as far as like, like, you know, I hate, I hate considering a, a quote unquote comedy scene, but you know, I've worked in um, Dallas, Austin, LA, Denver, and now I'm here in North Carolina. Man, is there, was there a scene there in North Carolina before everything, is everything even shut yeah. down there? No, How is North Carolina? <laughs> oh, it's, it's completely locked down. It's, it's like stage three lockdowns, um, mandatory masks. Um, they're trying to do outside shows. Um, as far as like, it, it's weird because I was just kind of meeting people in the scene when everything shut down. And so Fuck. I really only made a couple friends. And so it's, 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 it's strange in a way because I've been completely out of comedy. Um, but at the same time, even when I was active in standup, I was, I would take months off at a time anyway. So this isn't really bothering me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so as far as that goes, but as far as North Carolina, there's probably, I mean, John Reap lives here. I mean, oh, yeah. Heffron's here. Um, Man. you know, there's, there's probably here in the triangle, there's probably, you know, five, six comics that can like really bring it. Yeah. And, and that's like a, it out. that's kind of a great location if you're trying to do the road. Cause there's a lot of like Southeast, well, it, when the road is normal, I feel like the Southeast <laughs> right. is littered with clubs that are hungry for, for talent. So that's, did yeah, that, what just, you know, diff, different. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, yeah, it's just a, just, you know, a different perspective. I love, you know, I mean, I'm only, what, eight hours from the Northeast. I'm eight hours from Florida. Um, yeah. You know, depending if I, you know, if I want to fly, what if they ever make flying normal again, we'll probably start God. doing that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, who, I don't know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I, I don't know where, where, where you see it at. I am hoping that by 2021, like my friends who are in music, I see, I see they're starting to, you know, uh, get things going for like summer festivals and tours and that matter. So that kind of gives me a better indication that things, you know, may be improving. Or at least people have hope. Yeah. I'm thinking realistically, I haven't wanted to say it out loud, but I'm like, I think mid 2021 at the earliest is when things might start to creep back to normal. But then even right. the comedy. Because I don't, I don't want to. Oh, no, they yeah, were just well, like. In the, in the comedy store. Well, they, they did it right. I mean, at least they were doing, you know, both La Jolla and Hollywood had social distancing in the parking lot, doing it right. And, you know, the people, they need that kind of entertainment and they were delivering it. The state was like, suck it. I know. So it's so crazy because it's like people are losing their mind. It's very weird. The rules they're making here of like the, a restaurant can be outside, but the minute there's an entertainer in that arena, it's like, no, you can't do that. Right. It's like fucking sure. what? Uh, everything I, I look at everything they're they're basing everything now on the on the misery index and that there it seems <laughs> to be a, a political standpoint that the if they can make people so miserable they might be able to get them to all come together and vote one way hoping that will make it stop but it's not gonna stop do you, do you think stop. okay because let, let's I mean 
anyone who's listening has heard, I did, you know, I always tack on an intro and let people know like, oh, here's what we're talking about, whatever. So there's been a preface uh-huh. at this point added, but we're talking politics, like a fucking, and, sure. and my listeners know I, I hate it. Like I, I hate it all, <laughs> but. Oh, I'm a junkie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it feels like more people are like on SNL this week there was a sketch where they go, well, I, I don't want Trump, but like, what will I talk about? And it was like, yeah, no, I, so many people's whole identity is now like being like hardcore, whatever yes. their political thing is that I'm like, damn, it's fucking, what will well, that? Well, that's, a, you know, with the algorithms, you know, the algorithms are being coded now to pick up on the wings of both love and hatred. And so if people have kind of found that they're going to get the most clicks and they're going to get the most engagement if they play way out in the love fest of America or they play in the hatred of a candidate. Um, but you're, you're exactly right to the point where if you've spent four years where your brand or your model is based on hating this person and this guy drops off the map, then what's next? You know, yeah, is it going to be-, be boring? Is nobody going to watch news anymore? I know. I don't see like, it. It, it. There's so much profits in it. I, I can't see them wanting to give up that money. Yeah. Well, I mean, because so many people, I mean, it, it just plays into just the social media addiction in general of like, yeah, people got more hits, you know, talking shit or expressing XYZ viewpoint. So now it's like, oh, I get attention if I say this. I can't go back or money or jobs or opportunity. You know, it's, it's, it's all of it really from a sociological standpoint, I kind of saw it in, in the run up to 16, how it was beginning to be so polarizing. And I I looked at it and I, and I told my listeners this from the beginning, I said, look, this is what they're, this is what's happening. You're going to be split to the wings you can either go love, you can go hate. If you go hate, it's going to be detrimental to your mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. And I don't know if you've noticed, but some people who are hard in the tank, like haters, like they've aged differently in a, yeah. a five-year period. I mean, you like because you know, I just I'm agreeing with you that like regardless of what side you're on, hating like that shit will eat you alive. Yeah, it really is a poison. It's like every day. You know, the, the, the legacy media um, pours you a glass of poison. And if you drink it, then that you're doing it to your own peril and you're doing it to your own detriment. And for me, like I, I haven't watched, like I haven't watched TV in years. I don't I really listen. I listen to like one preacher every day for like 15 minutes. Oh, wow. And then I basically just click Twitter, like click Twitter headlines. Mm-hmm. And that's the sum total of my news. Well, yeah, because but I don't like I don't get the 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 mantra like the drums of war of like you know every news station it's like circular logo and the dun 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 breaking and it doesn't matter what side it's on like that's you're hooked into that and you know it really is a it's a mantra it's a or not a mantra it's it really is it's hypnotic yeah and they're using the best levels of persuasion and suggestion to keep you clicking and to keep you there and because it's a dopamine feedback loop that they're profiting on. And we're giving up all of our spirit to them for free. Oh, I mean, absolutely. There's definitely something to be said about this 24-hour news cycle. And they are, you know, they profit off of our fear. And it's like, yeah, how can we keep you tuned in so that advertisers give us more money? 
Absolutely. Right. Uh, I I agree with so that. My, uh, from my, my, my standpoint, I'm like, what if you weren't scared? What if, what if you had no fear in this, then you may have a different perspective. Or for me, since I follow people from all over the spectrum, at least you can see how the tribes are being interconnected and how things are being split up. Yeah. And how people are being pit against each other. Do you think, do you think it's a, it's possible to truly approach everything with no fear and still be engaged in the news cycle? I think um, really we're at the we're at the mercy of the algorithms that we have trained to give us what we deeply desire. Yeah, so it and just depends the on the algorithms feet. are then. Yeah, I mean, because I you know I I talk, I I follow um, a bunch of people on you know on in Trump world who are convinced it's going to be a red wave. And I follow people in the blue church who are convinced the exact same, but the opposite. Yeah, it's and, and it's like, it, and I really think what it would come down to is if you had two people who had like opposing viewpoints, but you just switched phones and you just said, this is my Twitter feed. And they'd be going, I've never seen this. I've never seen this. I've yeah. never, like a friend of mine was like, like, like Joe, I've never in, in six months, I've never seen Joe Biden smile or like hold a baby and do something <laughs> like you've seen a politician do because it just has not come across my Twitter feed or anything in my socials. I can guarantee that it exists. Yeah. I just have not seen it in my feed. So it's like, as much as it's a feed, we're starving ourselves and we're really, you know, choosing to, you know, because it's so filters, it's so, ag you know, algorithmically filtered that, you know, we are opting into this, but kind of like a self-imposed it's, it's, it's a fascinating it, it is but it's it's because of um the the power of artificial intelligence um that whoever whoever is going to achieve this top seat and then being in the as the legacy media and as our political institutions erode yeah. then our networks expand and then as the networks expand, they expand by using algorithms. And so let's say Biden runs the table, okay? Yeah. Then you can have the algorithms designate people who are politically against him as the new domestic terrorists. Whoa. Whereas vice versa, if Trump wins, then you have, would have the exact sweeping thing on the other side where, you know, your, your feedback loop would just show you these are the terrorists these are the bad ones and again it would just be your algorithmic feed feeding you this over and over and so what i politically speaking it's like coming from a you know a super you know hippie liberal norcal upbringing i yeah. i saw that that this really comes down to the power of in this world who ends up with the power of the artifact that we're building, which is general purpose artificial intelligence. And whoever arrives at it first will never give up power on the planet. Whoa. And so the, rate, the, way, the way we win the AI war is by <laughs> getting so many people outraged and throwing information into the AI that it benefits us. And so regardless, if it's a love fest, if it's a hate fest on all sides, all of this data is being fed in to ensure that the United States maintains world supremacy by ensuring that we win this war of getting just this one 
general purpose artificial intelligence. Oh, so you think it, everything comes down to artificial intelligence? Everything is AI. Within, within the first minute it comes online, it's going to leap hundreds and thousands of years in advancement immediately. So you think a lot of this is in like, the, with, with the election and the algorithms, is like sucking people into being invested in this technology, so to speak? We, yeah, because the more people we have feeding the computer, the more people we have feeding information to it, feeding data and how more we accurate. shop and what we think okay. and all of it. And then they'll be able to, you know, really narrow it down and hyper-focus it to then be able to use it against our enemy. Wow. You know, if, if we need, you know, in, in, like, like right now, it's like you have, you know, I'm a huge like uh, proponent of like the people in China to rise up against their power structure. Mm. Um, you know, there's like 2,500 people in the CCP that run the show in China. Yeah. Compared to the giant population, which if they all came together could easily upset and overthrow um, the CCP. And I believe that's what's happening right now. Oh, is that like people do you think, are they trying to utilize technology? I don't know fucking shit about China. I am a classic <laughs> dumb American where I'm just like, oh, I guess it's communist. And I don't really know. That's all. I just heard that somewhere. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And it's, you know, when, when you look at like, um, you know, something like uh, China's, China's prosecution rate is at 98.6% guilty <laughs> that's how they that's how they run their their justice system they live on what's called a social credit score where oh, you know your compliance to the state allows you you know if you're a if you're an if you're a loudmouth idiot you know like me they'd be like yo you got to <laughs> go from here to there well then you're loudmouth just get on this bus with a bunch of dirty people just like you but if you've towed the line and you've done good things and you have a good job we'll allow you to fly Whoa. and they'll they're going to do that with they're going to do it with every level of transportation, insurance, and jobs, and hiring, and the ability to buy and sell. And so what we're working against now is we know that there's going to be this encroachment of the social credit score here to the United States. It's just how do we create the surveillance state in a way that benefits the freedoms that still remain without us having to give away our free speech and all of those things. Oh, so you think... Which may be impossible. It's, it's inevitable. I believe it's... I, I, I think the only way to stop it would be to turn the lights out. It's to be and like, not we're not going to contribute to the social media anymore. But, like, people are so... Well, we're, we're, yeah, we're... Well, you can, you know, if you want, you can drop off the grid. You can, you know, self-farm and live in the mountains and nobody will ever bother you, you know, unless yeah. you need to plug into your, your city's electricity and then they're going to ask you some questions. Wow, this is so much information I it's, wasn't expecting. It's it's super. It's it's scary. I mean, it's it it, it is scary in a way because like it, you know we I, for for me growing up in the '80s, it was always nuclear weapons, duck and cover, and yeah. now it's like the <laughs> real the real weapon is information. You know the the real the real basically they're 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 weaponizing um, you know people's thoughts. And if they can create people who think the same way, then all they have to do is then make those thoughts either illegal or make them quote unquote hate speech. 
then you can legislate against the hate speech and then it goes against the people who are engaging in that rhetoric, whether if it's anti-American, if it's pro-American, it yeah. really depends on what happens on this election if, if we choose to believe the results. Um, Jesus that Christ. I have no idea. <laughs> Fucking. Okay, there's so much to unpack just with that. Wait, so <laughs> let me ask you just personal opinion yes. with technology and the way you believe it's going where it will potentially be used for surveillance or as a weapon for the country. I sort of like, I want your opinion on the chicken and egg here. Like, do you think mm -hmm. that that I like with that idea, do you think from the beginning they were like, let's form these technologies that we can later use? Or do you think they're like, this technology has been created. It's inevitable. How can we use it to benefit our needs? Right. Like, I, think I think that I, they, they, you're, I, I like the, I do like the chicken and the egg analogy. Yeah. One of the, one of the most fascinating things that I've, I've discovered over the last few years is that the, the technology exists now where when we, when we think, when we're thinking and we're using words because we're talking to ourselves and we're thinking our, our throat, our neck muscle, like involuntarily twitches like we're talking. Whoa. And so they have the ability now when you're sitting in front of your phone, figuring out what you're going to tweet, they can have the ability to watch you think and catalog your thoughts, save your edits and they're doing this for all of us in everything we do so, so the, that it's, they have your ideas as you think them before you choose to say them. And, and they're not reading your the mind. Danger. They're reading the like physical patterns and then what you type out there, the algorithm is sort of linking that together to understand right. it. But they are reading your mind because they can catalog your thinking as you think. And, and so okay, that's wait. the dangerous part Where did you learn this? this? in a deep anti-Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I came upon it when I was, I was, uh, I was singing for a, a metal band and um, I was uh, <laughs> practicing, of course, I was practicing um, my lyrics in my head while I listened to music, but I am, you know, I, in my mind, I'm visualizing my singing. Yeah. And even though I wasn't singing, I lost my voice because even though I was thinking that I was singing metal, my voice was doing the machinations of singing the metal without me making the noise. For and sure. And I was like, oh shit, that's a real thing. And so that's where I, I went out and realized that they now have the ability to, you know, catalog those things. And the Is longer we spend in front of the phone, Oh, I was just saying, is it it's that, from what yeah, you read? And they're pulling in our thoughts. Is it advanced yeah. enough that like they can pay attention to your like throat muscles? Well, first of all, what are the, is that through the camera? Like, how would they even do that? Yes, they're just watching. They're, they're it's basically the AI that can watch in a micro focused way. And right now, is the technology to the point that your microphone's blocking it? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, is I forgot. No, no, no. Your microphone would be blocking your neck, so the camera oh, okay. couldn't see it. But like, you see is the I'm technology saying? so that like, by watching my neck muscles, they could actually go. This is this specific thing is what she's thinking about, or are they still in the stages of putting together data while using that? Like, 
they would have to put they, the audio with they're, the they're, video to go. Does that right. Make sense? Well, the thing is, is that the laws, well, the, the laws that are our speech laws only exist in things that are uttered. And so the fact that the technological companies now have access to our thoughts in real time is, is now the new, it's like the new Rubicon for them to cross. All of our laws are based on what we choose to utter, what we choose to type. And they have access to our very thinking. And who is and so releasing... Who is releasing the information that this is going on? It feels like tinfoil.hat. Like where, where do you exactly. read about this? <laughs> I mean, really just, just I'm, I'm a super artificial intelligence nerd. And so I was learning how, you know, how indeed they're gathering all of this information. And that's, you know, it's, it's in my study of AI um, that okay. it really kind of led me, led me to this. Cause when, if you, if you then, Okay, if you then know that the technology goes from recording your words, it moves forward to you thinking your words before you say them, it will move forward to your predictive thoughts days in advance of you having them. So like predictive text, but for our brains. Yes. And so in a world where our, where our, you know, our social feedback loop is of our own doing that yeah. all of the social media companies have like, you know, they call it in their mind, it's called the limbic system. Yeah. And it's like the things our pleasure centers light up. And so every, every one of these social media companies has a digital representation of all of their end users limbic systems, and they know what impacts the limbic system the best and what they've learned in their experiments, then we get to experience in our scrolling feed as we learn. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, 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 it is, the, that, and, that's, and that's why, you know, it's everything that we can do as Americans to flood as much data as possible and treat each other the best way as possible. Because if you flooded the algorithms, with, you know, if it, if it became 90% love over 10% hate, then you would know that the end users are going to be more profitable in an algorithmic outlook that is based on that. Yeah, but if we're constantly putting out hateful shit, it, it kind of feeds that like, oh, the money is where the anger is. That's what the meat, like a media company would go, here's what we need to put out because that's what gets clicks. That's what gets, etc. Right. And so that, and that is, you know, whose, whose profits come first? Do the military, do the military industrial complexes profits come before the yes. media company's profits? <laughs> and do those profits come before our very rights to say I things mean, out loud? And so that, that's where we put our rights in front of everything and then go to work. Okay. You know, which is, which is why it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, the, uh, using climate change, using uh you know what we're experiencing now in a global pandemic is an opportunity now for a world a world coming together to decide that the decisions that they make supersede our rights as americans in the constitution like have, okay. on twitter have you ever gotten one of those emails from germany like you've you violated germany's speech laws have you ever gotten one of those oh no, you maniac <laughs> I guess I'm not so, yeah, saying so, cool I mean, enough shit. That's so funny. <laughs> so you, yeah, so you, you can offend, you know, you can offend a government that's not yours. And their, their recourse is, 
quite as free. Is different. Yeah. And so like in Germany is, is the prime example, uh, you know, James Woods gets them all the time. I've gotten a couple and they can't do anything to you. Right. They just have to, to report to Twitter that you're doing it. Twitter tells you that's the end of the loop. Do but in a stop, world where, it, does your stuff in stop a world where, Germany? you know, everybody, Sorry. no, no. Cause I mean, no. it's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it, nothing, nothing stops. It's just that those are the rules that are in place where it's like, now, if you, if you say something that's like, you know, wearing masks are stupid or the science doesn't work or whatever your viewpoint is, if YouTube doesn't like that, they can pull your channel down because your things that you're saying as a free American are offending their other consumers in other parts of the world who can't be hearing it because they, they don't have the same amount of freedom that we do here with our freedom of speech. And so and what it would, the, the free, the scare, the scarcity here is that, or the scared part is that they could use COVID to then create a global way to act and speak about it. And then if you said something against that, then that would be a way for, you know, a foreign government to supersede your freedom here in the United States. Okay. But then I mean, doesn't it that just have to go with like, okay, well, free speech is free speech, but the internet is not America. So like, right. When people go like, what? Well, but where I am speech, on the it's internet, like, it's a private company. So like they can, it's kind of like, yes, you know, we have the right to refuse service type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, and they, and they will, um, I think, I think they're going to have a meeting. I think both Zuckerberg and, Jack Dorsey are going to be in front of somebody in November 17th. And um, this we filed antitrust. Yeah, we we filed antitrust case, 11 antitrust cases against Google. Um, And that will be the question is, you know, are they going to, instead of being a private company that can control their square, which they're allowed to, do you turn them into a utility where then everybody has equal rights to it. You treat it like water. Yeah. Where, it's... where you can't say something where they, they turn your water off. Wow. Can't say something to turn your internet off. And so like, I think that's the, then they have 230 protections now that allows them to do that. And that's going to be changed. You, do you think, I mean, I would think that like, I could see that with the internet in general, but with those like individual social media, I would think it would be the company's mm-hmm. right to be like, get the fuck out of here. I don't know. I Right. They, well, the, the, the company, the, the company like, what, runs what a foul of, yeah. right. When, you know, in, in a way like, you know, a company like Google who, you know, you've got these, these, you know, what's the, what's something we can use. It's a current, uh, like the Uyghurs in the concentration camps in China, you know, sure, like I know they about use those. computers. Yeah, and but they use Google and they have the internet and companies here in the United States are working with the companies that are keeping those people there. Holy and at fuck. some point they're also working they're also working with the Chinese military. At some point as an American company, you're choosing to do business with a country that does not want us to be first, that wants them to be first and at some point as an American company or as an international company, they're going to need to choose whose side they're on. Oh. And if they want to stay here with their friends, 
with the free speech protections, then, you know, it would be this, it would be this, you know, it would be a constitutionally based business who okay. also does legal business outside of the country. So it's going to become a thing where like, because in theory, eventually, if you're working with uh, a country like China who censors their stuff, they're going to be like, well, if you're going to work with us, you have to do X, Y, Z. So they'll have to choose between yes. continuing to, I assume, get cheap labor is a China thing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., cheap labor they they make uh the the money's cheap the the investments the loans that they're getting are are zero percent interest um they they you know it's 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 like a deal with the devil you're going there with the top level technology knowing that it's going to be stolen yeah and probably used for maybe something not nice i don't know potentially for oppression or Sure. Yeah. Or it's like a, if a, if a, you know, if a fighter plane company comes in there and starts building fighter planes and the Chinese learn how to make your fighter plane, they don't need you in your dumb factory anymore because they can build their own fighter planes for less money than even you are making. God, and I mean, so that's, that's I, one of the, it, I feel like, isn't it, that and a, that's why it's like this. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's in, in this, in, in geopolitical, who is going to be first to the AI and who's going to have world supremacy, that's the big push right now. And so we've, you know, in the last decade, we've had such a push for globalism that because there was this giant push for globalism, what the, what the when the pendulum shifted, it became, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, economic, it's economic, uh populist nationalism is basically the the Opposite. the other swing of the pendulum so it's going yeah, that it's direction. like not we're all not working yeah and so which which country is going to be able to isolate first and then you know like a lot of countries are doing it like with brexit they did it trump was a sign of it poland is big on it and you know that's what we're seeing because i, I really think they did kind of overreach and the in the in the overreach, people kind of are like, Ew, we're not doing that. But do you think that? I, I mean, I would think. I, I guess it could go one of two ways. But with the pendulum swinging toward, let's just worry about ourselves. Kind of, if you want to go like looking at nationalistic points of view. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it like a fear-based assumption to go now? It's a race to be the best versus just thinking maybe people are just going to be the best they can for their people versus trying to be the best in the world. Does that make sense? Well, I think, I, I think that in a sense, it's always been a race to be the best. 
um, except starting with George Bush 41, Bill Clinton, Bush 42, and Barack Obama. For that contingent of that was every that was both sides of the aisle working together to slow down the progress of our economy, to slow down our kids' ability to learn and achieve because their quote unquote new world order, they had already made the decision that China was going to lead. And so that's basically what we're currently pushing back against now is, you know, five presidents who have worked together with both sides of the aisle to on what, you know, wait, wear your American flag pin, but every decision you make was a China first decision was a global decision first and not an American decision first. And let me ask, like, from an ideological, you know, without, obviously you have to get all the, like, nooks and crannies and the things that come with those decisions. But is there anything ideologically wrong with not necessarily being the top decision maker? Like, is, in theory. Yes. Like, is well, in yeah, theory, I mean, just, it's, to me, I can see both sides, but, like, the idea of going, well, yeah, we can we can make decisions as a group and not always have to be the one making the top call. On paper, mm -hmm. that doesn't sound awful to me, other than people being like, I have right. to be the best. But, like, that feels <laughs> sure. ego-driven. Yeah. Our, our you, um, you know, our, our founding... Yeah, our, our founding documents provide for the most freedom of expression and the freedom of assembly and the freedom of speech. And no other country in the world has a document that approaches that level of freedom. And mm -hmm. so once you give your ground to another state that has not your best interest in mind, then you'll be under their version of their constitution so which slope. which we already know in advance is less than you know it's like okay. I'm, a, I'm a catholic so like in a sense where um you know here in the united states uh we have our our freedom to choose to be religious or not mm -hmm. whereas in china you know they are an atheistic country that somewhat allows christianity and somewhat allows catholicism and like a strange thing that China did, even though they don't believe in God, they convinced the Vatican that when they're going to name new bishops, that China gets to pick who the bishops are, not the Vatican. In China. So they've already superseded in China. So they've already superseded an atheistic country has already superseded the power of the Pope himself, who is, is the person that names who those bishops are as a person of faith. So and then so in like, theory, they're going to, you know, name people who maybe are going to be less religious or go more the direction of what the government wants them to go. Is that what the... Yeah. I mean, it's there instead of being a, you know, a family-based um, nation state here in the United States, you're going to be a state first base, which is why we're seeing so much, you know, destruction of the nuclear family, you can see it in the way Newsom, you know, laid out his uh, Thanksgiving and, and, um, and his Christmas plans, the way that people can come together and celebrate is, was very strange in that, in that fact. And so really what it comes down to, it's like as Americans with the freedoms that we currently have, are we going to then choose 
to give those freedoms away to somebody who will never give them back to us. And that is the place we're at right now. And as comedians that get to go up on stage and just riff and, you know, when you know, like you're in it and you're surfing and you're just, everything is bam, bam, bam. And yeah. you're just ideas are flowing and the things that are popping in your mind. Imagine being in that free flowing state of stand-up comedy and something that you said on stage would be then used by the state to then inhibit your ability to travel to then go to another place to be funny somewhere else and make a living. That's what we're fighting against. That's, That's what's coming. If indeed we, we, um, we lose this top position in our freedom, because there's nowhere to retreat to. Yeah. Like we, there's once, once, once you, once you've given up the, you know, your assembly, religion and speech, I mean, there's, it's, it's somebody else's idea and not ours. And do you really and think. So in the same way that like, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I just, and do you really think, like, with this election, that those things are really on, on the chopping block, that that's really at stake? Do you really think someone's going to take away freedom of assembly and speech? I mean, we're already, we're already experiencing um, our, our governors using COVID are telling people where they can gather and where they can't and how many can go. Can you sing? Are you not allowed to sing? You know, it's like we're already seeing the, the encroachment of the global idea of COVID that's allowing our governors here to supersede our own rights using the state. And so it's like a, me for being in a blue state or purple state, I guess, like North Carolina, um, where we have a very, you know, where I live is like super blue. And so okay. everybody is, you know, really dedicated to what he says goes and that's just how it is there's really no room for dissent yeah because if you dissent against it then you're kind of otherized or you know put in a your dissent is then dangerous but you know that's but like isn't it kind of a sticky situation because in theory like dissent about this virus is dangerous like because it seems it's sticky because it's like I mean, the reality is when I think about how people feel about the the virus and like the rules, like right. the the only solution to like get rid of it and have the numbers go away, barring a miracle vaccine, is like is to temporarily encroach on freedoms, which is like scary because then it goes well. Mm -hmm. In theory, it's like yeah, we're just doing it for now for the for the people because it's a hard choice to make. But then in in reality, I guess, is the fear that, like, this will be the permission slip well, to then continue. Oh, well, they did it then. Sure. Let me do, let me take a little more. Is that what people yeah, are it's, afraid of? Remember, it was, it, was 15, it was 15 days to slow the spread. And people said, okay. And now we're at day 190. <laughs> and, but is you know, that it's like, I, I kind of, you know, I was like, I look at, choosing to wear a mask as a also a form of expression and whether you should have the choice of whether or not you choose to wear one. I think that for me personally, like if I sit in my house all day and I'm podcasting and you know, my wife and I are going to go out to dinner and we leave the house and we go in the car and we drive to the restaurant, we walk up to the restaurant, we go in the lobby, you put your mask on, you walk through the lobby, you take it off to eat. 
then it's off all you're eating. You go back to the lobby, your mask is back on, you're back in your car. It's like, was it really necessary? If the only time you really had to do it was in the lobby. Well, cause that's when and there you're was like no other time during, close to other people. It, and right? that's, and for me, that's where I'm like, that's yeah. But if, even if no one's there, then the rule still applies. And at some point it's like, it's more about getting people to be enforced in the rules and not so much about the science. Like there was but a, there I follow science, a guy. In, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. There, there is, there is science. And like, you know, you look at, uh, what's uh, like, like, you know, if in California, like how, you know, the, the fires you had were terrible. Yeah. And when you, when you, when you like, if I can wear a, um, you know, if I can wear a, uh, if I can wear a bandana and the bandana is quote unquote, that's okay. Yeah. Right. But the bandana doesn't stop a smoke particle, which is larger than the COVID molecule, which is smaller than the smoke molecule. So the mask that doesn't work for smoke, then all of a sudden works for COVID. Well, and they weren't we're letting in a position those. now where, oh, they weren't. And I know sometimes you can't wear a gator or you can't, you know, wear a bandana. Yeah, they were saying you have bandanas the, the I, over the chin. I think they've loosened up because I, I think that, honestly, I think government is just becoming like hopeless because so many people are like give me my freedom but for a while they were like right. a, a bandana's not enough you need to have like closed bottom Under the chin yeah with the loops right uh, and so that's you know and that and that's in that in its sense it's you know again it's just another it's another um freedom of expression and so what we've experienced now is just do this for two weeks just do it for two months, just do it for two years. And it's at some point when your rights don't come back to them when they were in their fullness, then they've kind of exposed how the state can use any event then to then clamp down on the very, very basic freedoms that we were born with as human beings, that, that our human unalienable rights came with us at birth and that any any state choosing to, you know, it's it's no different than the Puritans going. You better go to church four times a week, or you're gonna burn in hell. It's no different. It's the same. Well, using fear to get people to do the things that you need them to do. And but if, if it's, they don't, then they're another. But if it's science-based fear, I feel like it's not black and white. You know what I mean? Where, like, sure. And I'm not a science denier, obviously, by any means. I'm a yeah. huge nerd. So, well, just I mean, if they had, like, just, initially, instead of going, you know, for two weeks, just please wear a mask. If, if they had crossed the line of, we're going to piss off people who, whose freedoms are being taken away. But if, in the first two weeks, they had gone, wear a fucking mask or you're getting a ticket or, like, something. Yes. Do you think that mm -hmm. would have helped the with situation? The drop dead with, yeah, because, well, yeah, because they would have said, this is the beginning. This is the penalty. This is what, this is the penalty you're choosing to accept in your disobedience. And this is the end date. It'd yeah. be like getting a cell phone contract where you're like, all right, I'm in for a year. And if I want to break it, I got to pay the 400 bucks to break it. And if I want to ride it out, I got to ride it out. But at the end, Verizon doesn't own me. Yeah. You know, so I, I think if they would have been forward thinking and giving a legit start date, a legit end date, and because it just kept flip flopping both ways and that the, the date just kept moving at some point you're going, 
oh, no one really knows what they're doing here. Yeah, I, I mean, like, so it's, to me, it's more a reflection of that than it being some bigger scheme to, like, learn to control people. To me, it's like, oh, you guys are fucking idiots. Like, there's not a big plan. I think you're all just morons, and you're like, I want to do the right thing, but also my constituents are upset, so who cares about right. science? Get out there and spit in each other's faces. Like, <laughs> and, 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 they, and they're, and they're going to make those decisions to ensure that they stay in power. That's more what it's, it's about politicians than caring about people. Scheme. Yeah, of course. And so, like, it's, it's the politicians who are using, you know, these draconian measures to keep, make sure that their, that their corporate funding keeps coming in and making sure that they continue to be voted back in. And so, like, I, I always look at, like, a good state, like, like, like Christy Nome there in South Dakota, you know, she's got a pretty level response to it. And um, they seem to have done well as a state. And certain states have like, you know, really very like harsh lockdowns and they see they, they're still seeing spikes. And uh, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's weird that in the plus side, here, here's, here's another, here's another piece of this because of, because of what we're doing with artificial intelligence, we're training the computer to learn more with using a smaller less. field of less. And so they, you know, I would imagine that making everyone wearing a mask then uh, is a way to sharpen the computer's tools because it needs to work harder to get the information that it could normally get if your full face was open. And but for me as a person who I'm used to sitting in front of hundreds of people and really reading social cues and reading yeah. smiles and, you know, pulling back and things like that. It's like now I was telling my wife this the other day, it's like we went to a farmer's market and I'm in the same amount of people that I would have been in a stand-up club, but I can't read their faces. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's strange. And it's, and for being somebody that's just tuned in, you know, it was a standup, you know that, I mean, yeah. you're just, okay. You know what you're working with and you can read people and feel the energy in and out. And I just believe with the mass for me, I just, you know, haven't had enough experience with it to be comfortable in that setting. I mean, have you performed in front of a crowd that has had their faces covered? Um, a mixed it's like you know half people take off their masks half not it's sort of like do i feel that the socially distanced seating is enough and i've only done a few shows and it is like right it is weird but i also think in a weird way if if we were to continue doing going that direction we as you know comedians as performers who have tuned into audiences so much and kind of made that a skill would also get better at I mean, it's hard to imagine yeah. being really good at reading someone with a mask, but like, I think if that were the norm over a lengthy period of time and, and we were allowed to do shows, we would probably adapt sure. as well. Well, I mean, you, I mean, I know you like being a, being a paid regular. I mean, how many, how many late night spots have you done in the OR where they're sat like a bomb went off, you know, and there's <laughs> just people scattered all over the place. And that, and that teaches you comedically things that when you're then in a full room, you can just rip it because you've learned how to rip it in front of a small, completely separated group. Absolutely. And so it's I like believe if you can if kill you in there. Take that skill. Exactly. So yeah. if you can kill in there and you can't read their faces, 
then that's going to change. That's even another gear you're going to have um, when we do return to a place where you can put 200 people in a room together, have them shoulder to shoulder. The dream. And go back. Yeah, and, 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 and it will come. You know, it's just one of these things that, which is why I do my podcast every day because it's just a way to improv for 30, if, 40 minutes at a absolutely. time. Absolutely. Wow, every day. That's fucking impressive, dude. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about- Keeps me happy. Well, you have to have an outlet. That's what I realized is I like, because I wasn't really doing shows. There just really weren't shows to do, but the store started up with the window shows and I was like, that's eh, kind of weird. But after a few months, I was like, oh, I, I cannot be sane and not be having some sort of comedic outlet. Like I can't, the podcast sure. helps a little, but my podcast is a little more like serious. It doesn't have to be, but I, I put it in society mm -hmm. and culture to like take the pressure off of having to, oh, I got to make a punchline after everything. Cause I just want to know, <laughs> I want to get to know people's viewpoints right. and stuff. So I don't want to be like, isn't that crazy? Uh, <laughs> And, and my podcast is basically I'm I'm just doing a simulated radio parody, and so all my jokes are like dad jokes. <laughs> so it's just like that's and that just makes me laugh. It's like I'm I'm like listening to my favorite music, I'm singing along with it, and I'm doing dad jokes and reading the news for the first time. And if I can do that every day, and I get I get the same amount of. Um, that same amount of like uplift that I do doing stand up as I do wow. doing the podcast. That's so great. That's kind of fun in its own sense. Yeah. So it's a, that, that's cool. Um, except, you know, uh, it's like coming down from it. It's like when you do two shows on a weeknight, like on a weekend night and like, it's, it's like one o'clock and you're just like, my brain is still up because I'm yeah. still in that, that same, same thing here. It's like, I do the podcast for 30, 40 minutes and I'm, I'm like still bouncing around for the rest of the day. You're just like in your house, like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, um, my wife's like, will you go take the dog for a walk and shut up? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's roll into the current election and your political stance. Cause, so you mentioned earlier in this episode, you grew up in like NorCal, hippie, California. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just like in the kid, kid in the 70s. Yeah, kid in the 80s, 70s and 80s. Uh, my parents, um, they are, I mean, if they could trade me for Rachel Maddow as a relative, <laughs> I would be out of the family in two seconds. So you're um, like the black so sheep they, of the family? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, in, in that sense, it's like, oh, I, I understand, you know, that they grew up as, you know, like my dad was in Vietnam and my mom was, went to Woodstock. And so they have this sixties idea of what it is to be a progressive. Yeah. And so now if I, if I go, I go, well, as a progressive, what do you think about this? And I give them the new stuff that's progressive, you know, my mom, well, well I'm not that, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> well, it's that's like just they're, not they're a old thing. school, you know, boomer progressives. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so for me, I just, you know, I, I, I told them, I, I told them in, in July of 2016, I was standing in my parents' kitchen and I said, I said, if the FBI spied on a campaign, they're going to lose their party. That's the penalty for it. Yeah. And if they, if they go after, if they went after an election or if there's like certain Rubicons as like a free society you're not supposed to cross and that's using a judiciary to revenge against people 
to use your intel people to revenge against people and to do that. And if they've crossed this Rubicon, which I believe they have, then mm. um, this four-year operation that we've experienced here with uh, Donald Trump as our, you know, hired by the military-industrial complex to lead us uh, into where we're going. Um, I've always thought that he was a trap. He's a trap. Trump. Donald Trump is a trap. He's a, he's a trap in the sense of either he is going to expose every single person who hates America and shows their hatred of America through vitriol of just him mm. and also is a trap of every patriot who would forego their lives to defend their country and be a ride or die, you know, America first patriot would be enemy number one to somebody who had the anti-American activities in mind. And, and so both have been put on display in the wings of love and hate. That's what's been put on display as the people who the, you know, the thousands of people showing up with their trucks to have rallies with the flags and, you know, the, the folks who were, you know, online and rioting and pushing for whatever. It's like, and they're watching all of us. Yeah. All of us. But do all you, the time. do you think, do you have an opinion on like, at this point, if Trump is a trap, do you have an opinion on which of those sides he would really be a trap for? Cause doesn't he owe a bunch of money to like foreign nationals? Does like, is he, is he personally in debt? Like, could he be exposing like these uh, are the yeah, Patriots? Yeah, Sure. Well, if he if he indeed is if he is doing business, if he's an international businessman doing international business legally, then no. But if he is if he's doing illegal business and is beholding to uh, a military of a foreign agent, then yes, that's treason. That's sedition. That yeah. that is that is against um, you know our very liberties. But he's the most. You know, nobody's had a microscope, you know, in their life bigger than him. Because so, of that, where technology is and, 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 yeah, and, and, and how and, people and are also treating it's like, collection. Well, he's like a shiny, he's like shiny keys, you know, for the, either, either, you know, for me, it's like, I, I'm a huge Caddyshack fan <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like Donald Trump is every good character in Caddyshack and one guy. You know, he's he's Rodney as Al Cervic. He's a little bit of Judge Smales. You but know? it's like he's got I, all together. You know, there, we're never going to have a funnier president. I know, but the that, this, it's like I, hate. I wouldn't want any of them to be president either. Like he's a character. I would have. Sure. I would have Rodney. I would. I would take Rod. I would take Rodney. Be. Uh, I would have Rodney. I would oh, have Rodney, Rodney as Al Cervic. <laughs> Yeah. As 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 the rich guy who doesn't give a shit, I would take that guy as a leader. You know, it's like that was the one thing I didn't, I couldn't figure out. You know, I couldn't figure out why Trump won until oh, it was maybe like spring of 2017. I still couldn't figure. I was like, how did how did this happen? What what happened to this country that got him into this? And how did he get to this place to do it? And I was like, well, what does he read? Like, what did he grow up learning? Does and he basically, he's, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, like the sure. dude who read, uh, like that Norman Vincent Peale, um, Power of Positive Thinking. 
Mm. He sat in that dude's church every week. So if you read the power of positive thinking and you lived those ideals, if you took what you learned there and then read like Napoleon Hill's book in like the early 1900s or the 1800s when he wrote that, and you learned like, you know, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, Tony Robbins, you know, Donald Trump's program is life is great. This is tremendous. We're working hard. It's going to be great. He's just like, made his own mind. Like go full positive. On all of us, well for me. Everybody has the that opportunity to put those very set parameters on their day, where if everything that befell you was an opportunity, you know, like some people are just like doom and gloom. They're like, you turn it into like everything that befalls. This is a positive opportunity opportunity. for something else. Every it's it's Brody Stevens on steroids. That. Is more accurate than positive push ever know. <laughs> yeah, and 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 when it was, you know, for, for you know, when he was, you know, I, for my, for me, it's like, you know, being a start and stand up and being a door guy and getting to watch like Don do late night sets. Yeah. Um, watching Don work a small room, everything is fuck yeah, everything is yes, everything is yes and. It doesn't matter what's happening. And a lot of us watched it. And, you know, I know Brody was a huge disciple. And so it's, there comes to that thing where if your, if your settings are yes and that you accept what's happening in the moment, you you can't do anything about the things that you can't do anything about. And so then either everything, you have a choice to say, is this, is this a problem or is this an opportunity? And the people who say this is an opportunity will do always do better. Yeah, because the well, idea your mindset problem would stop you. Yeah, yeah, I mean your mindset can really affect how things go. So wait, are you like 2016? Did you go for Trump? Uh, did I vote? Yeah, I voted for, I voted in my life. I voted for, I was thinking about this the other day. I voted for two elections. I voted for Obama in 08 and I voted for Trump in 16. How does that switch? Um, how, as, what as, flipped was cause you didn't like how things as went disruptors. With Obama? Oh, as disruptors. Uh, well, yeah, well, as, as disruptors, um, and, um, that I, you know, with the, you know, Bush's illegal war, um, you know, I love the moderate progressives, guys like Jimmy Dore and that kind of air America thinking that anti-war, yeah. anti-George Bush thinking and thinking that, oh, here comes Barack Obama. He's an organizer. He's going to close down Guantanamo Bay. He's going to stop us from getting into these wars. And then two years into it, you're like, oh, this dude is just continuing what Bush was doing. Nothing changed. Yeah, and so then you I kind sat of like out. I sat out the next election. Yeah, I just, I just was like, oh, I was like, oh man, I, I really thought this was it, but then it wasn't. And then so you kind of that's where my research over time really does show that you know we've been in a seventy-year um, slow move to put China first, so that the Council on Foreign Relations, the Atlantic Council, and the presidents that we've had have worked together to put us in a place where America would be second. 
is and profited all the way and we and we were left with the thought that we were the best that we were going to work hard and things were going to be great for us but they had already taken the money to make sure that, that you know our food would suck our education would be shitty people would have terrible commutes and your work you know your work die and all of that and they were living a completely different reality than those of us who didn't know that that was happening and so what's happening now is that this 40 years of grift is being exposed. So people are really seeing so, a lot of the system and, and the flaws in it and how they weren't putting. Yeah. And first. that's, and that, and that, and that's how we're coming to um, the, the speed of artificial intelligence, the speed of the algorithms are working where like a networked company um, like Google has, more power than the United States because they can move, they can change on a dime. Whereas the United States is like a giant battleship. We're not going to change something. I got to make a law. The law's going to get passed. It takes you know, five like all years. of these years. Exactly. Whereas like you know the you know the dude from Google would be like, no more Hawaiian shirts. Hits a button and they're like, okay, that's what we're so doing. Someone you know, in the like, office is like, my can, freedom. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, and they're like, well, fine, beat it. Go work at Twitter. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's, loser. That's it. Except that. Yeah, except that, except that Twitter goes, oh, they banned Hawaiian shirts. No Hawaiian shirts here either. Yeah, we don't want to be- Facebook, no Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, and so they, and soon as one giant network makes a choice like that, then all the networks can make a choice like that. And then if you're the person with the Hawaiian shirt dissenting, well, then now you're enemy number one. And all you want to do is have fun on a Friday. (laughs) But wait. All right. That concludes the free portion of this episode. There is over an hour more of this conversation. And we go a lot of places, as I'm sure you can already tell based on the hour you've listened to. So if you would like to hear that, head over to patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed and join the Patreon. Subscribe for as little as a dollar a month. You get this episode. You get full length of every episode with no ads, stand-up clips, which can only be seen on Patreon. And look... Uh, above all that you get my utter appreciation you know I, I put a lot of time and effort into these shows and I'm trying to put more effort and more focus and, and make them better and better and I hope you're enjoying them so uh, if you are and you can afford to support me it's it's a one-man band over here so I would greatly appreciate that now more than ever when stand-up is sort of up in the air although I am scheduled to do shows Thanksgiving weekend in Alaska so if you're in Anchorage or Wasilla. Block it off. Not on Thanksgiving. Although I don't technically have hard Thanksgiving plans. Should I come crash someone's Thanksgiving? Should I pretend to be a crazy friend who's blown in from... I don't fucking know. Probably not. I'll just be with my friends and do Friendsgiving. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. But anyway, big thank you to all of, all of my Patreon subscribers. It means a lot. Uh, extra special thank you to John, Eric, Jean, Greg, Kathy, Terry, all of the exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots. I could I literally, you guys, I can never explain what this means to me. If you guys want to be part of this group, it's, it's patrons. Yeah, it's like people paying for content, but also through the content I'm offering and trying to be more personal and get to know everybody. Uh, like, I think we got a cool little friend group going. We do hang out, 
the patrons are getting to know each other. It's cool. It's something I look forward to every time we have a hangout. I enjoy sending off my little postcards and my little greeting cards. Makes me feel like everyone's grandma. But, uh, you know, I'm infertile probably. So maybe this is as close as I'll get to being a grandma. Anyway, head over there if you want to get in on that. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Blessed Podcast or on Instagram if you want to see faces to go with these voices. Who, what the fuck does a person with this opinion look like? Well, ignorance is blessed. All one word over on Patreon. And please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They are just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world you have additional questions for john or another guest do you ever hear a guest and go i wish i could have asked them this question and i don't ask it well guess what there's a facebook group where i post with advance notice of every guest so you can give me questions that i can then pass on you know i i am a questioning person i am a generally curious person but I, you know, it's, I sometimes I get, t- I get caught up in these conversations. I get excited. You guys know me. My brain bounces around. Uh, I chew my neural gum, but you know, I don't have it on me when I'm doing the podcast. It's not in my mouth. So sometimes I go all over the place and I miss things. Having those questions from you guys helps because listen, there are no stupid questions. There are only stupid people. That's not true. There are also stupid questions, but you know what? You, if you have a question, I guarantee, like none of us are that special. You have a question that pops up and you think, oh, that's kind of a fucking dumb question. I'll ask it so you don't have to. You can you can put it on the comment. You can email me, ignoranceisblessedpodcast at gmail.com so you get to remain anonymous and I get to look like the idiot because I guarantee you, if you have a question, someone else has had that question to circle back to us not being special. You're not that unique. You didn't think of something nobody's ever thought of. Sorry, I wish you had. I wish I had every time I thought, wow, what a breakthrough. And then been like, oh, this is already on every inspirational meme ever. And I have discovered nothing. Great. Perfect. So head over there. Come on. Be part of the fun. There's people posting crazy memes. And you can also ask your own questions. You got a question that you're like, oh, this is maybe not PC or a little, you know, a weird point of view that people might not love. We're getting in discussions. We're learning things. We are unafraid to be curious for the sake of all progressing towards understanding each other better. So please keep posting your suggestions for guests. Keep asking your questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. Isn't that the point? Ah. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 